March mandates. What is it that God is saying or what has God to say to us as believers? As I was talking to my team earlier today, I said, it's not necessarily that it's new revelation, but I think that with everything that's going on, with all of the things that are happening in the world right now, I think we need to be reminded of what it is that God has called us to do. The purpose that God has given us. There's, there's something about when purpose is in your face, you're, you're, you're motivated, you're driven to move forward, you're, you're pushed to go towards it when it's in your face, when you're reminded of who you are, when you're reminded of, of why you're here, you're motivated to run. So as I was thinking, God, what is it that you want to say? What is it that you're saying to, to Limitless Church? What is it that you're saying to this body of believers? What is it that you're saying to us here? And he said, to be, to show, and to share. Be the light of Christ. Show the light of Christ. And share the light of Christ. That is what we are called, that is what we are mandated to do. The Lord has called us to be. What does that mean? He, he's called us to live the example that the Lord has set for us, to live it day and night, inside and out. He's called us to live it. He's called us to, to live like Christ. Jesus came and brought light to the Old Testament as examples of how we should live. Then he became the example with his life, sacrificing himself unto death. And then he left us with the Bible. He left us with the disciples and others to show us what it means to live this life out loud. His desire for us is to live a life that represents him. As such, we have to stop living like the standards of this life as Christians are optional. We have to stop uh, 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 picking and choosing what areas of our life that we want to be like Christ. What particular instances we want to be a Christian. The world sees us. And the world is searching for authenticity. They are searching high and low for love and for hope. And for so long, they haven't found it in the church. They've turned and looked to the world. They've turned and looked to drugs and any and every and other thing. It's time that they find it in us. It's time that they find it in the body of Christ. We have to be the light in this sea of darkness. We are called not to just know and talk about the example, but we're actually called to live the example just like Jesus and the disciples did. Yes. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. It'll also be up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I, therefore... Paul begins 
this second half of this letter. See, in chapter 3, he's talking about the, the gloriousness of God. He's, he's talking about the goodness and the glorious riches we have in Christ and the, the glorious reality of this new community called the church. And then he starts saying, therefore. He's saying, now, now that you know that, there are some accompanying responsibilities as a result of what you know. Now, therefore, I, therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I'm going to read it again in the message version. I love this because it just puts it so plain and simple. He says, in light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road that God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing difference, differences and quick at mending fences. Paul saying that we are not just simply here to be followers of the way or, or Christians or believers. We're not here just to do that simply by title, but we are supposed to be in title and in lifestyle. Inside and out. You know what I... I you guys know I don't like McDonald's, right? Um, here's the thing about McDonald's nuggets. Um, let, me, let me rephrase that in case they try to sponsor me. Um, here's what I love about Wendy's nuggets, okay? That's a better way to say that. Here's what I love about Wendy's Nuggets. My wife will tell you if I pass a Wendy's, I love going to Wendy's. One thing I love about uh, going to Dunnigan outside of meeting my family is there's always an opportunity to go to Wendy's. Um, and so she will, she will know, she will ask me when I'm hungry, hey, babe, you, you want to drive out to Dunnigan and go see my parents? Now, if I'm tired, my instinct says no, but something in my spirit says there's a Wendy's there. Here's what I love about Wendy's nuggets. Um, when you get the nuggets uh, and they bring them to you, they're hot and they're fresh. But that's not what I love about them. What I love about them is when I break them open and I look at, I can see them right now, hallelujah. Uh, when I have the nuggets in my hand, this looks like a chicken nugget. And when I break it open, it looks like a chicken nugget. I can see the shredding of the meat. I can see this looks like chicken. Yeah, now when I go to McDonald's. You get it. And you look at it you're like, man, this color is pretty, it's pretty yellow. But okay, praise God. You break it open and you're like, okay, now something... Something don't seem right about this. Now, most of us outside from me, y'all like, I don't care what it looked like. I'm eating it. It's fine. It tastes wonderful. But it doesn't look like it. And so for me, I can't trust it. 
I, I just don't trust it. Because it doesn't look like what it says that it should be. God is calling us to not just be it on the outside, not just talk about it on the outside, but he's called us to look like it and live like it on the inside. This is what he's called us to do. This is what what Paul was saying. He said we shouldn't just wear the name tag, but we should live like it too. He's talking to Timothy. Uh, Turn with me to 1 Timothy 4. He's talking to Timothy here. And he he says something similar to that. 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 16 He's talking to him, he says something similar, and then he tells him why. He says, give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach. Why? Why is it important that I give attention to my spiritual life? Why is it important that I live like what I'm saying out of my mouth? Why is it important? Because for living what you preach will release salvation inside you and... To all those who listen to you. Paul says by living the example, it not only has an effect of spiritual transformation in you, but all those who listen to you. See, here's the thing. You may have thought what what you did, and you may have thought whether you live your life, oh, you know, uh, this as a Christian, it's just my personal walk with Jesus. That's a lie. It's not true. It's not. He says, in you, but all those who listen to you, it's not just about you. The reason that we are called to live the example that God has called us to live is, yes, so that we ourselves can grow and we can be the people and be the example that God has called us to be and grow and mature, but so that those around us, those who see us, those who hear us, those who hear us talk, those who we live around, those who we work with, those who see our post and see our life will see and experience the delivering, transforming power of God's word. This year more than ever, amidst of everything that's going on, We can go from A to Z. We have to be people who live the word, not just hear the word. We have to be the light. I had this, um, hopefully I don't get in trouble for sharing this. If I will, I'll I'll deal with it later. But one of my my team members came to me and and they were talking about how a family member there hadn't been at church in a long time and, you know, may not have even, uh, their their connotation when it came to church was very negative because some of the things that that they experienced. And when you say the word church or when you bring it up, they were not receptive. But because they chose to not be overbearing, but just say, hey, you know what, I love you. Hey, you know what? I'm here. This is where we're going to be. If you want to join us, you're welcome to join us. Hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Hey, if there's anything you need, you let me know. And it took years. It took years because sometimes we want it quick, but it don't, it don't always come quick. But it took years of faithfulness. It took years of living. It took years of in hard times and in situations when they were down and out, when they were wrong and they knew that they was wrong. And, and her being the example that God called her to be, they came. 
they came and, and the Facebook stream is going live and they made a decision that day to turn it on. They made a decision that day to watch the stream. They made a decision that day not to turn it off after worship like some do, but continue to hear the sermon and allow God to mend their hearts. And they left that day and they said, you know what? That is exactly what I needed and that is exactly where I need to be. But it happened as a result of that person living and being the example. God has called us to be the example. Next, he's called us to show. Show. Be, show, and share. He's called us to show the light of Christ. To walk in the gifts and the callings that God has given us. To walk in the gifts and the callings that God has given us. God has positioned each one of us in this period of time, in this moment, in this season, not only to be, but to show others the light of Christ in our life. Now, Scripture tells us that part of showing that light is love and the unity. He said, they'll know us by the love that we have for one another. Jesus says that, that as a result of them being unified, that they will come to know that they sent him and that he loves them. But we also see this happening by people operating in the gifts and the callings that God had given them. We see love shown, and then we see healings. We see love shown, and then we see resurrection. We see love shown and we see people walking in the gifts and people being blessed by those gifts and talents. Here it is. Each one of us have been given a gift that is to be used to glorify God and to show the love of God for others. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you've been. If you are under the sound of my voice right now, you have been given a gift and an ability, a grace gift, as the word calls it, to be used to glorify God. First Peter chapter 4, uh, let's start in verse 8. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. It, it overlooks unkindness and self, unselfishly seeks the best for others. Be hospitable to uh, one another without complaint. Here we go, verse 10. Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as it is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. Faithfully using those gifts, those, those varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. He gives us some examples. Verse 11, he says, whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles, the utterances, the very words of God. And he says, whoever serves the congregation is to do so as one who serves by the strength of God, which abundantly supplies. Why? Why should we use the gifts that God has given us to serve his people? Why should, why should we use those things, that those unique things that God has given us? Why should we use it, he says, so that in all things, God may be glorified. 
that he would be honored, that he would be magnified through Christ Jesus. Each one of us have been given this gift. Each one of us has been given this ability, this talent. And he said the Bible tells us that it was graciously given to us by God. Not only that, but we're to use it to serve one another so that he would be glorified. Spiritual gifts instruct, inspire, and build up the saints for service. We have to step out to activate our gifts. Y'all are like, oh, I don't know why we're not, I'm not using my gift, and I don't know what my gift is, and, and I've just been, been praying and asking for so long for God to show. Listen to me. You have to step out to activate your gift. Sitting there day in, I love that you're here, but sitting there week in and week out, hearing the word, going home, hearing it, this is not a movie theater. This is a place where you are to get action. This is a place where you are to get your marching orders, go out and do and use the gift that God has given you. We have to step out to activate our gifts. When we grow in our spiritual maturity, God increases our gifts and he increases our capacity. God gets the glory when we use what he's given us to serve others. Everyone I talk to you, he says, when I'm sitting in a chair and I'm cutting hair, he gave you an ability to cut hair. And you said, when, I, when I'm sitting in there and I'm cutting people's hair, right, that's a gift that he's giving you and you're able to use that to serve other people because they come in there looking ugly, but oh, when they leave. That's a gift. And what happens, they sitting in the chair and they say, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. What's going on with you? And they, and they begin to communicate with you and tell you about their life. And then they get, start to ask you questions. And you're able to use that gift that God has given you. Well, let me, let me tell you something. Are oh, you having a hard time? Well, 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 let me tell you something. You know, I was reading this book. I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but I was reading this book. And it was a very inspirational book, but let me tell you what it said. And this book has changed my life. And you're able to do that. Why? Because you are using the gift that God has given you. And God has now what? Created an opportunity for you to use that gift to serve others. We got to use our gifts, people. We got to use our gifts. Well, what happens when we don't use the gift that he's given us? I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. He answers this question. Jesus answers this question here as he's, uh, here we go, as he's, as he's given us the parable of the talents. He gives one a seed, he gives another an amount, he gives another an amount, and they do different things with the amount. We come to the end. In verse 29, he says, for to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away. He says, I'm, I, I gave it to you. 
and if you're using it, then I'm going to give you more. Why? Because the more I give you, the more you give me glory, the more I'm glorified. So I'm going to give you more so that you can be glorified more. So when you have more, instead of you looking at somebody who has more and being angry, why don't you use what he's giving you? Okay. Nope, 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 nope. I apologize, new people. I had a long day, so my buffer is, is low. All right. See, your, your gift may not be singing. Your gift may not be preaching, but maybe, maybe you got a gift of, of hospitality. Maybe your, your gift is organizing. Maybe you have a gift of giving, a gift of wisdom. We will not have the excuse of, I don't know what my gift was when we get to heaven. We won't have that excuse. It is our responsibility to seek God to ask others to discern what it is and put it to use so that others can experience the love of God. I'm on food today, so I'm going to stay on food. Hallelujah. Last week, last Saturday, uh, some, most times when I come, come to service, Saturday is a, is a big day for us. My, my uh, son, Cadence, is in soccer, and we just, I just chose to do some other things last week. And last week, I didn't get a chance to eat beforehand, and, and I was hungry last week. And um, I, I preached through it, though, because I love y'all. So uh, I preached through it, and after service, uh, the Lord showed up. I'm just, I'm just going to say, yeah, I, I'll say that. Yes, I'll say that. The Lord showed up. I'm not going to tell y'all who it is because I don't, I don't want y'all asking him and begging. Cause, uh, <laughs> but someone presented me with this lemon cheesecake that changed my life. Say, Pastor, it couldn't have been that good. The devil is a lie. <laughs> and she said, she says, hey, I got something for you. I want, I want you to try this out. I want, you, I want you to try this. I say, okay, cool. What is it? I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm hungry. So let's go. Pulls it out. I peel it back. And I just bite into it. And that thing might have changed my life, y'all. I'm not playing. And I'm. I am so full in this moment. It just tasted so good. And as much as, as, as when they made that, they might, you know, I, I, I know, and as I'm sitting there, as I'm trying to explain to them how grateful I am and how thankful I am because of this. And I can see as I'm doing that, that they are being blessed because I received the gift that they made for me that blessed me, and now it's blessing them. Oh. You say, how is that a gift? How is that a talent? Why? Because God loves me so much. He said, son, I knew you was hungry. Yeah. Come on, oh, y'all didn't think God cared about you when you was hungry. No, 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 no. The God I serve, let me tell you. And as a result, I was blessed. Because she used that gift and that talent that she had to serve me and others around us. And I was blessed. And I don't know what your gift is. It may not be singing. It may not be cooking. It, it, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I implore you that people have an opportunity to see, to hear, and to come to the knowledge of the love of God simply by you operating in what God has already given you. Walk, use that gift. It is up to you to use that gift. We can't look at other people and what they're doing. It's up to you to show the light of Christ. It's up to you to walk in that gift that he's giving you. Do not underestimate the gift that God has given you. 
We show our light. And God gets the glory when we walk in those gifts and when we walk in those abilities that God has given us. And our life should be a life led to give God the glory. B, we are called to be, to live the example that the Lord has called us to, to live. Show, walk in the gifts and callings that God has given us. And finally, we are called to share. We are called to tell people about what God has done in our life. We are called to tell people about the day and night difference that God has made in our life. 1 Peter 2, 9. Share. A testimony is a, a written or a spoken record of what God has done. And whenever we have the opportunity to do that and whenever we make room, whenever we make time to share about what God has done, it is incredibly powerful. One of the most powerful tools that we have as believers is the ability to tell others about what God has done in our lives. Our miracles our but God moments, our thank you Jesus moments, they are as unique as our fingerprints. And when we share the goodness of God, it gives hope to those who have yet to believe and it gives affirmation to those who are already in the faith. Hope lies in the testimony of God's goodness. When we get that opportunity, when we tell people about what God has done in our lives, it multiplies the miracle of God's power. Because he did it for you, and then when you go and tell others, there are things that happen, and it multiplies that miracle. When we say our testimony, when we have that opportunity, it does a few things. Number one, when we give our testimony, it equips us to walk in the purpose for which we have been created. It equips us to walk in the purpose in which we have been created. Number two, it encourages us to live a life that demonstrates the supernatural power of God. Because God has done it. God, God is, and now we, we are ready. We're looking for God to do something else. So that we, I'm like, Lord, what you want? I wish you would, please. Because I can't wait to, to go get up there and tell people about what God has done. I can't wait for somebody to ask me how my day is going. I can't wait. I wish you would. I'm sitting on ready to testify of the goodness so it encourages us to live a life that demonstrates the supernatural power of God. And number three, Number three, it elevates the faith of those who hear it, that the miracle power of God might work in their life, that it might work in their life. It opens the opportunities for God's work in people's lives where maybe they hadn't before considered the possibility of what God could or might do. Because in those moments when we're low on faith and you, you hear what God has done, you're like, well, mm, if he did it for you. He said he's not a respecter of persons. So what does it do? It, it, it elevates our faith. 
Because when you see somebody else walking on water, you're like, man, that sure do look good. And it increases your capacity for belief. That's what it does. It increases your capacity for belief. Our testimony is the match to light the fire in the lives of those who hear it. I can't tell you how many times that, you know, I've been sitting around and, 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 and we just start talking about the goodness of God and we just start talking about what God has done and we just start going back and forth in stories about what well, God did this and I remember when this happened and, and I didn't think that there was no way I could make it out but then God did this and oh yeah, you think that's something? Well, let me tell you what God did for me and what happens? It begins to stir you up. It begins to stir up your faith and if you, and the onlookers, they're like, well, I need to get in on this. And it begins to increase your capacity for your faith and for your belief and for those who have, hadn't even before considered. Because believe it or not, some people haven't thought to get God involved in their situation. For some of us, it's second nature. Something pop up, we go to pray. Something pop up, we call a prayer war. Something pop up, we get on our knees, we worship. But for some people, they ain't even thought about it. It's crazy to me. But some people haven't even thought about it. And then what happens is you tell them, and as you tell them what God has done for you, they're like, well, maybe, maybe I need to pray. Hmm. Maybe I need to spend some time with the Lord. Maybe I need to go to church. Maybe, maybe what church is that you go to now? Changes their life. All because you decided to share you, we got to get Jesus out of our pockets, people. On, we just kind of like, we can't just keep, we like keeping Jesus to ourselves. It's like our own personal Jesus. Like, you know, this is, he's not here to keep him to, to ourselves. We can't be stingy without Jesus. We can't do that. We are called to share the day and night difference that he's made in our life. Daniel chapter 4, uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, jumped in the page here after Daniel was telling the story in verse 1, and he says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all the people, nations, and speakers of every language that, that live here on the earth, may your peace abound. Verse 2, it has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders in which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs. How mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. And then King Nebuchadnezzar goes on in the whole chapter 4. He just goes on about what God has done. He goes on and on, on about it through the whole chapter. He said, it seems good to me to declare the signs and wonders of what the Most High has done for me. Psalms 22, uh, in the Good News Translation, David says in verse 22, chapter 22, he says, I will tell my people what you have done. I will praise you in their assembly. He says, I'm going to do it. I have no choice. I will tell the people what you have done for me. This Bible is a book of testimonies. 
the stories that we read, the things that we see. This is a book of testimonies. We believe because we have heard the testimony of Jesus and have seen him work in our lives. See, I believe this is how revival begins. Jessica, you guys can come. It starts with us living the life that God has called us to live. It's, it, it starts with us living that life, and then it, it, it moves into us walking in the gifts and the callings that God has given us. And then a sharing, sharing the wonderful things that God has done in our lives. This is the mandate that God has placed on our life as believers. Not only for this year, but for every year. To be, to show, and to share the light of Christ. God wants to use us in mighty ways. To transform our homes. To, to transform our families. To transform our neighborhoods and the city of Woodland, California. But it takes us stepping to the plate living this life, being the example, telling others what he's done and lighting this city on fire. It takes us doing that. And you may say, you know, uh, Pastor, you don't understand. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too old or, or, you know, maybe I'm too young and, and I've got this excuse, I mean, reason. I've got this reason. I've got that reason. Well, let me, let me share with you a few things and I'm going to get out your way. Abraham was old. Elijah, suicidal. Joseph was abused and Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer and Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced five times and Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha was worried about everything, and Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples fell asleep while they were praying. Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before becoming one. If you think that you're not good enough for God to use in mighty ways, you should think again. You should think again. At the end of our life, God will not ask us about what our neighbor was up to. He will not ask us for details about what other people did. He definitely won't be looking for opinions about strangers on social media. The question he will ask will be, what did you do with all that I had given you? What did you do? What will your answer be? What will your answer be? I'll close with this. Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it on a basket. But on a stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, 
let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. Our mandate is such that we would be the light, that we would show the light, and that we would share the light. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.